0: This is the This Is Gonna Hurt Podcast with Jay Gordon Duncan. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the This Is Gonna Hurt Podcast with Jay Gordon Duncan. And if you're wondering why the J, the answer is, I am not a bagpipe player. And if that joke doesn't make any sense, I encourage you to check out episode 0, where we talk about that joke as well as the purpose of the This Is Gonna Hurt Podcast, where we talk about faith, family, fitness, finances, and sometimes fun. Well friends, here i am i'm gordon it's good to talk to you again as you can tell uh for just uh, the umpteenth episode in a row i've still got some congestion um it's a good solid week now that i've been sick Uh, last monday's episode was uh, myself and emma talking about spider-man and i was starting to get really really sick i think my free friday episode i started to get better and so the good news is uh the fevers are gone um I'm getting good sleep. I'm able to start running again, um, but I cannot kick uh, all of the congestion, and I definitely can't kick all of the coughing. Uh, so I'm going to check in again with my doctor uh, tomorrow, uh, but it looks like just, uh, whew, this has been tough. It really has been tough to get over with. I'm thankful I'm feeling better, super thankful I'm able to start running again. My times stink, um, but my body is just built to run, and hopefully running is going to get a little bit of the stuff out of my chest. As I head on into um, another week, but I'm thankful I'm feeling better and super thankful that the fevers are gone. Just, you know, I had fevers Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and I believe Wednesday. Um, maybe Thursday, but probably just Sunday through Wednesday of last week. And, um, you yeah, know, I hadn't had a fever of 101 since forever. But thankful. Anyway, i really, really thankful this thing's over with. I've got brain power enough to study. I've got brain power enough to... Um, to do some of the things I really wanted to accomplish this summer, uh, so I'm thankful. Um, as you heard, if you listened to my Wednesday, Wednesday my Wednesday Wisdom episode last week, um, I'm on a sabbatical, which is a, for us, it's a six-week opportunity. Um, I'm not preaching at Evident Grace Fellowship. Uh, My first week was vacation, and the remainder of time I have a series of things I'm focusing on and praying about. It's about spiritual renewal. Uh, Since my job is spiritual leadership and my job is uh, just spiritual guidance and comfort every now and then, um, it's wise for a pastor to take a sabbatical. Typically, it's taken on the seventh year. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm on a sabbatical. Um, So I was really bummed to spend those four days with fevers because I miss those days with my family. But I'm getting good time now. Um, So, uh, that's what this time has been. I've been been playing some catch-up. I've been been journaling. Uh, I'm really, really thankful for all those things. But, because of all that, um, it also means that I have an opportunity to worship in different places. Uh, It's hard to be a pastor and go to another church. It really is, because... The pastor's mind uh, thinks, ooh, we should do that at our church, or ooh, I wouldn't do that. Or when you listen to a, a sermon, sometimes you, it's really hard to just sit. Uh, you make judgment calls about what could or couldn't be said. It's very easy to have like a, an error meter up. I don't want to do that. Um, I had one friend suggest you just, and said to me, you just shouldn't go to church at all during your sabbatical, and I'm not in town with that. I understand every pastor has to approach this differently, but one of the things I really want is to enjoy worshiping with my family, and so we did that. And so our first week, we specifically chose a church outside of our denomination, uh, different than our church, um, and one of opportunity for my kids to have some experiences. We chose a smallish church. Not that we're only going to go to small churches while we are away, but we wanted to uh, have our first experience somewhere that wasn't too huge. And so I want to do a little bit of a, um, you know how you do like secret shopper? You know what a secret shopper is? Secret shopper is someone who goes to a restaurant, to a store, and they're they're paid to just go and interact with that store and then report back Uh, as a consultant to the eye care industry i've done that i've been uh, a secret patient before Um, i had a doctor bring me in one time and and i said well the first thing i want to do when i walk in the door i don't want anybody to know who i am i want an eye exam and so i did that i went in and i I got waited on like a patient and went through the whole experience and got an eye exam and went looked at glasses and everything and they never knew that i was a consultant and so then I gave them all that feedback. So I thought, huh, I don't know if I'm going to call this a secret worshiper or not, um, but uh, I wanted to give my feedback. Now, I'm not going to tell you the name of this church. I uh, I like these folks a lot, uh, but uh, here's my take. So here we are. We are visitors for a church. Um, It's not a church with its own building. Um, So um, it's a church plant or a youngest church. Um, They had signage, but the signage was confusing. Um, You could see the sign on the street, uh, but there was confusion. Like, do we go down the alley? Do we go down to this little door that's over here? They probably needed, like, a signage with an arrow or something specific, like down the alley or something. But they did have signage. Um, uh, It's one area where they could could probably improve a little bit more. And they went in, and I want to let you know that we were greeted at the door by just a super... Friendly uh, gal, she was really kind. Um, she was very excited that we were there. She introduced. Uh, she told us her name and uh, told us everything we needed to know. You guys have to forgive me. With for this cold, I get sleep late at night and I get uh, sleepy. And so, uh, she directed us really well. Um, this church is located sort of in a basement of a building. Um, And the space is very church-plant space. It's got a couple columns that obstruct eyesight. I think they had 70 seats. Uh, There's some more space in the back. But uh, in a church like this, which is very common for young churches, you go with the best space you can get and the best space you can afford. And in this case, if you're going to go here, you're going to stay because you like the people and the music and the mission, but you're not going to stay because of the space. And that's such the challenge of young spaces, young churches. I can't tell you how many times that we'll have a guest at Evident Grace and someone will say, so you guys got plans for a building? And I love that. We're in a, a, a gym and has so much space to move. We have so much space to grow. And people are like, when do you get in a building? And a building is like a $2 million endeavor. And, and I'm super excited about a building. I really, really am. I'm, I'm ready to, to make that leap and to be a, building that, a church that builds a building. But it's so hard to do. And it takes people typically donating land. It takes people giving uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, but in, in this church, the, the space, there's nothing about the space necessarily that's deterring. The columns are a little bit tough. Uh, so you got to choose where you're going to sit. Um, this church does not do an overhead. Um, so they're doing printing. And so an overhead. They're not worried about lyrics up on a screen. Uh, So they print all their lyrics, so they probably got a pretty decent printing uh, line item in their budget. Um, Very simple, chill music. um, Guitar, uh, cajon, uh, a couple of vocals. Um, I I enjoyed it. And uh, the music was a bit like ours at Evident Grace. And by ours, what I mean that is it's uh, um, some traditional hymns done acoustically. Or traditional hymns redone acoustically. Uh, but I liked them a lot. It was uh, very very sweet, very worshipful. Um, uh, they uh, did some of the elements that we enjoy. Um, so there was a call to worship. There was a time of repentance. There was an assurance of forgiveness. They took the Lord's Supper. Um, all, all those things, uh, for at least for us, made visiting this church uh, really, something really, really easy. We were thankful for um, the setup was similar to ours the, the service was a little bit longer and the sermon was longer now here's the thing uh, there's not a right or wrong about uh, sermon length my sermons clock in at like 38 minutes uh, I'm always in that 30th time frame if I, if I reach into the 40s it's rare uh, but my average is around 36 to 38 minutes that's by design I think that is typically where people's mind, uh, uh, attention spans land it's where really how long i like to preach i don't bust guys up if they preach longer if you preach shorter i'm like i don't know how much you're communicating um but i tell guys listen if you're gonna preach 50 minutes to an hour i mean you better bring the thunder every week i mean you must be a phenomenal orator you must be a phenomenal preacher this is my opinion if you're gonna preach 50 to 60 minutes like you better be phenomenal um because I just don't think people um, have the attention spans for it well. Um, and they do have the attention span for it if you can knock it out of the, pl- out of the park. That's just it. If you want to capture this generation's attention span with 50-60 to minute sermons, you better be phenomenal. Um, and that's just my opinion. So that's why I keep things around 38 minutes. Um, and this uh, church also did the Lord's Supper. Um they did a different approach um, than the Lord's Supper or than we do. At the Lord's Supper, we ask that uh, uh, people examine themselves. 1 Corinthians 11 says that um, you must um, be able to discern the body of Christ. And discerning the body of Christ has two theological applications. Um, does that mean you have faith in Christ for the forgiveness of your sins? And then the body of Christ is also the church. And so has the church recognized that salvation and they recognized it by things like um, baptism or membership and so first corinthians 11 says if you can't discern the body of christ so don't take that's called fencing the table so the rightful giving the lord's supper says hey you need to have faith in jesus you need to be baptized and be a member of a church Um, and if you can't say that then please don't take Um, this church did this well Um, uh, they did add an extra step um, and this is the case for a lot of churches Uh, they added that uh, you had to be baptized by a certain mode and if you did not fit uh, the mode that they felt was theologically correct you couldn't take the lord's supper and they also uh, said that your baptism had to follow your profession of faith and if those things weren't the case to not take um i struggle with that for this reason um the Lord's Supper is for the people of God, and First Corinthians excludes only those who don't have faith in Jesus. So when faithful believers in Jesus are then excluded additionally, then what has to happen is you have to have faith in Jesus Christ, and then you have to have membership of church, baptism, and you have to pass then a theological acumen of some sense. And all of a sudden, the taking of the Lord's Supper gets really, really small of who can take it. Um, or at least to windows it down. So, uh, with that, that was a struggle. Uh, my family and I, I love these folks. We hung in there. We did not take the Lord's Supper because not all of my kids would uh, qualify, if you want to use that terminology, um, in terms of the mode that they felt was biblically appropriate. Um, but it was good to see them. We gave them all hugs. We loved them. We left feeling edified, aside from that one element. Um, so when I, I we left and we went home and uh, just ate some leftovers and took a nap like we typically do and and thought about it. And my take was, there are thousands of these faithful churches who are doing their best to faithfully preach the scriptures. And thousands of churches close their door every year, so we need these new churches. And the biggest challenge right now for these new churches is space. They can't afford to rent something and they can't afford to buy something, so they have to get space. And this space was decent, um, but Wow. Uh, It didn't deter me. It wouldn't deter me, Um, but that's because I have a a pioneering spirit of approach, and that's because I've been raised in the church. I've been trained in the church plant environment. Um, But man, oh man, I think the challenge of the churches that are five and under, seven and under years old, maybe even ten years old, old, is that until you can get that space where folks walk in and go, oh, this is a church man, you're going to struggle. Um, so I'm super thankful for these folks, thankful that they cared and served for my family uh, this past Sunday. Um, I don't think I'm going to do a, a secret worship experience every time we worship somewhere over a sabbatical. Um, who knows? I might do it again. Um, I'm going to try to be gracious no matter where I go. If I go to a poor experience, I'll try to be gracious. We'll see if you guys give me some feedback, if you think this was interesting or not. Um, I hope you have a great week. I'm continuing uh, with my sabbatical study and my sabbatical rest, my journaling, time with my family. Uh, If you listen to this and you pray, please pray the rest of this cold to go away. It is really just wearing me down, especially the cough. And uh, I look forward to getting back to uh, my normal amount of energy, my normal amount of running. Thankful for this time away. Uh, Thankful that evident Grace gave it to me. Thankful that you would listen. Friends, if you like this podcast, I encourage you to just uh, like it, share it, um, leave a review, especially on iTunes. Uh, share this on your Instagram stories or on Facebook. Uh, share that you listen to it on on Facebook. It means a ton. It helps build listeners. And if you hang around, on Wednesday, I've got a great sermon, old sermon of mine from John, um, way back from 2015, that I really hope you enjoy. Um, so, friends, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Friends, I'm excited to tell you about a new sponsor of ours, Evangelize Today Dot info. That's today dot info. I want you to check out this website because evangelized dot info gives you a just a wealth of resources. First of all, evangelized today runs a host of evangelism and conferences and workshops across the country. In fact, they're getting ready to go to one in, in Bali, which I really wish I could go to. I really do. Maybe next year. Uh, they also offer residencies for anyone who wants to grow in understanding and how to tell their own story, and of course, just growing in the of the gospel they uh, excitedly host blue church which happens every single day at jv's restaurant and bar you got to click on the blue church tab to understand that but even more importantly uh Evangelized Today publishes some amazing resources, most of which are written by my good friend Dr. Alan Dayhoff. He's got, uh, if you're familiar with him, he wrote a book about t- tattoos telling the secrets of the soul, uh, but his new book is called The Genius in Your Wound, Life's Worst Can Reveal Your Best. And friends, what this is, it's an opportunity for people to share their stories about incredibly difficult circumstances they've been through, but what they're really realizing is that out of these difficult circumstances there's actually a genius being born there's actually a great story that god is working so check them out today check out evangelize and if you want to get genius in your wound you can get it of course at amazon or you can get it at lulu.com either one check them out we're excited to have them on board